Hi everyone, this is Manjuri. Hello listeners, this is Ankita. Welcome back to Her Book Club where we discuss books by women writers every fortnight. And today we are discussing my pick, Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Putson. She's an American writer who basically writes YA. Mm-hmm. And she received National Book Award for her book Brown Girl Dreaming in 2014. Right. Uh, until a few years ago, I read a lot of young adult fiction. Uh, basically, I could be your go-to girl for it. You needed suggestions and I was there. But it wasn't like I admired that genre, except maybe Hunger Games. Uh, that is a trilogy that I keep going back to. So I was hoping this book wouldn't be like that, like the usual YA books. But then it was long listed, so I had high hopes for it. So I remember we had laid down our picks in an order for us to read and discuss. But then you came up with this pick. Let's yes, let's go and do Red at the Bone. Let us know what prompted you to pick this book. Uh, I follow lots of accounts on Twitter who talk passionately about books. When Women's Prize came up with their long list, uh, they made their own list of shortlisted books. <laughs> yeah. Almost all of them had assumed that Red of Bone will definitely be there, the Women's Prize shortlist for yeah. sure. But then it didn't make it. Mm. So yes, it was there in my to be read list. And then you know, I have been reading lots of black authors of lately to have a deeper understanding of systematic oppression. Yes. Also, I haven't read much on teenage pregnancy. The last book I read was uh, Breathing Lessons by Anne Taylor, which won Pulitzer mm. in 1988. So yes, that's why I picked this book. And I must tell you, June had been a crazy month. I had guests at home and then my laptop crashed. And then I had to finish my writing as well. I read this book on 11th hour in a very hurried manner. But as I started reading it, I concluded, no, this is the book which is meant to be slowly devoured. The writing is miracle and it has pretty process. Okay, so I am quoting some of my favorite lines. When he kissed her, he wanted her to swallow him. Wanted to be all the way inside of her. His love was deep like that. Number two. And as we dance, I'm not Melody U16. I'm not my parents' once illegitimate daughter. I'm a narrative, someone's almost forgotten story. Remembered. Because maybe this was what love felt like. A constant ache, an endless need. Okay, so that's why this book, it was a nice book on, you know, teenage pregnancy and the life after that. Uh, yes, and uh, beautiful lines, by the way. Uh, I agree, this book gave us some very quotable lines. Uh, the mm. sections that you quoted, they were very slow and soothing. I quite enjoy, enjoyed them. But then at times, uh, the book would suddenly pick up. And I mm-hmm. think it would have been better if the pace was more consistent. Uh, although that could have been because of the different uh, perspectives. Uh, so, like our last pick had, Anapara. And... Mm-hmm. Speaking of perspectives, I personally liked Aubrey's way of viewing things. He was a very simple man who loved very simple things in life. Sometimes I feel we are so caught up in our life and ambition that we forget to appreciate whatever we have. I think Aubrey was like that. Uh, his love for Melody and Iris and the way he adored his mother, he was just so completely dedicated to the people in his life. It reminded me of another book, Boys Don't Cry, which is from the perspective of a teen father. Again, very refreshing, mm-hmm. like Aubrey's chapters. Uh, the boy, Dante, is barely out of school when he's left to take care of his baby alone. So, uh, which perspective did you like the most? Iris. <laughs> I like how she did not let her pregnancy dictate her life. 
teenage pregnancy was a huge problem amongst black community back then i think it still is but iris made a pledge that she would not let it destroy her life because of this thing although we saw very little of obrez um obrez mother actually yeah but we could easily guess she was really a strong woman i like how she encouraged iris to complete her education definitely uh, do you remember the part where she tells obrez that no child of hers would be scrubbing floors uh, she's also mm-hmm. aware of how racism works against her son uh, something that she keeps calling system and obrez doesn't understand because he's just a child uh, besides she's very perceptive very intelligent mm-hmm. and she could tell that iris was wasting her time back home yes uh, she said she does not want her grandbaby's mother to be a college yeah. dropout i'm quoting the line as her eyes burned in the dim light of the reading lamp she knew it was her mother and her mother's mother's and on back to something that couldn't be broken that was driving her the story of her life had already been written baby or no baby she comes back from uh, I, uh, obrez mother's house and then she uh, sits down to study and then she decides to then decides that no she's moving ahead with her life she will study and she will go to college and then in the college she fell in love with a woman yeah. she was not in love with obrez and she did not beat herself up for yeah. that motherhood was just one aspect of her life and not her whole world and i think you know the daughter melody she understood it too yes and i think the author also understood understood it uh, like she made us acknowledge that iris did not want that part of her life and that is why from the author we have this contrasting perspective of mm-hmm. obrez uh, who wants to hold on to his newborn he doesn't want his daughter melody to grow up or even iris to leave so uh, this brings mm-hmm. me to the women of the novel the women of the novel are all very strong um, and the men they are so sensitive uh, which of course we aren't so used to but it is something that is fully changing mm-hmm. and the several relationships in the mm-hmm. novel even though they are forced or unexpected they come together in a very unique loving way which relationship were you mm-hmm. most in awe of hmm iris relationship with herself <laughs> yeah. i think she was a woman of high self esteem from the very beginning she was always sure about herself and she was really sure about obrez place in her life mm-hmm. as well i'm quoting the lines She did not love Aubrey enough to walk through the rest of her life with him, but she loved him enough to carry a part mm-hmm. of him inside her, nourish it, love it, and see what it became. And then she went to college, and her life just opened up for new experiences. Yeah. This is what happens in college. Mm-hmm. I'm quoting the lines again. Iris felt the years were racing by too quickly. Felt like she had so much catching up to do with her life. Yeah. saw a future with herself in it alone yes alone i liked her spirit <laughs> one can't stop living just because they became mother yeah. and her life for her classmate jam love for her classmate yeah, jam she fell hard for her and it was an epic heartbreak for her when she left i believe you know it was for her first ever yeah. heartbreak and it came and it and it was the woman who broke her heart and she was already in shock oh my god she was not even straight yeah so yes that came uh, to her as a shock that she had different sexuality alternate yeah. sexuality i think uh yeah this happened because you know she did not get uh 
decided to not get attached at the age of 13 wow what clarity <laughs> of mind and when then this woman happened and then this woman happened jam the the starting of chapter 19 is so beautifully written wherein she mentioned her heartbreak how she is feeling i'm quoting the lines again <laughs> no one taught me this how to get out of bed and keep moving yes because it was such an intense love and then it got over yeah. but her life moved on and then she met new people and explored i think college gave her that opportunity uh, mm-hmm. i wish that woodson had given more space to iris and jemison i think uh, jemison would have held her grow a lot so her leaving iris's life it felt a little abrupt anyway so i uh, like our previous picks queenie and actress we had a mother daughter relationship at uh, its heart in this pick as well and this book you know it has a major mother daughter relationship it governs iris's life it was also complicated mm-hmm. so how did you find uh, their chemistry in the book mm iris herself was a child when she had nepathy i know someone who was same age iris when they became mother it was an arranged marriage because you know we live in india and we are recording this podcast from an indian <laughs> yeah. city the husband was quite young as well and he soon died leaving baby inside his 15 year old's wife she gave birth to her child and then moved away to study and work the child stayed with the grandparents just like melody did in the book i have closely noticed the mother child relationship okay. he used to call her mother didi which means elder sister yeah. in hindi although he knew that this woman was that woman was her mother and not sister but still he never called her mom because you know she was always away and used to visit him like other relatives they were close but then there was always a little distance yeah. i think they lived together when mother when he grew up and he started going to okay. college but then you know most of the part he was away from her so there was a little distance most of the time he was away from her so there was a little distance okay. so yes i think melody also understood that her mother had when her mother had it she did not even understand the concept of motherhood yeah. and then she did not even follow the expected pattern of yeah. motherhood now coming to iris mother she was associated with the church which heavily condemned iris pregnancy yeah. it was considered as sin but then she and then she stood strong and supported her child she opened her house and heart for opry and his child and took care of them till the very end yes and uh, sebi you know what a woman she was to carry the burden of generations hmm. uh, painful history and then you know having to care for the next generations as well i feel she was somewhere hmm. very disappointed that iris did not want to acknowledge the burden or even the responsibility of being born into their race so uh, what i found really interesting was how iris was selective about her racial identity she did not want to share her mother's oppressive history but then when she goes to new york she feels like she could use her ancestors from tulsa to add a little depth to her story uh, it is written in the book and as opposed to sabe which you know who likes to hold on to her grandmother's memories so what do you think about that her grandmother was attacked at tulsa's massacre massacre and it was uh, ish deeply in her mother's heart yeah. 
if you remember she has mentioned about the incidents of looting lynching and burning of shops yeah. and when iris got pregnant she decided she will not have a fate which is typically associated with those of black yeah. women that's why she never stopped iris from doing things she wanted iris on the other hand did not want her life to be defined by anything i think she was not open with yeah. things but then she can't change her history and who she was it was mentioned in the book that she was introduced to bell hooks a entire woman in the college and her crush jam the one who broke her heart was a fan of audrey lord and others so i guess she evolved later in her life yeah, yeah she learned uh, and we don't know as well for sure because we don't get any answers mm-hmm. uh, you know because of this i kept going back to queenie who still carried the burden of a race we discussed that in our uh, podcast and towards the end you know queenie embraced her identity completely i liked williams for giving her character that evolved ending uh, what do you think about that i think queenie and iris are two different women yeah queenie had the complex relationship with her mother while iris herself is a mother queenie was always looking for love and comfort while iris wanted you know so many different things from life yeah he carried this quest for new adventures all the time yeah now coming to racism the that part i think queenie was born and brought up in london while iris moved to new york much later in her life from smaller cities yeah and i think they might be having different experiences and different perspective yeah. and anyways i think uh iris was more than just a woman carrying the burden of her race it was and she was also a teenager mother having yeah. a having a baby and leaving her behind and you know moving ahead with her life going to college and yeah. wanting different things yes and then there were other uh, layers to the book as well there were other characters yes yes queen lee was you know heavily centered on casual racism and her life yes yeah, and then uh, in this book we had several different characters mm-hmm. who had different definitions of how they mm-hmm. wanted wanted to live their life so mm-hmm. yes i think that was my last question is that it yes yes okay so i think we can wrap up this discussion here It was a good one, wasn't it? Yes, yes. What is your next pick? Uh okay, my next pick is Fleischman is in Trouble by Taffy Bredesser Ackner, which is based in Manhattan, so I'm sure Manjri you'll enjoy it. Yes, me and my love one in New York City. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I will. I'm so excited for that one. Please listen to our next episode. Bye for now. Until next time. Yes.